All right, now you return to your seats, for those that are. You might like to take out your Bibles. We're going to be opening up to 2 Peter this morning. 2 Peter chapter 1. And let's pray as we come to the Word today. Father, I just thank you for the joy of fellowship the sound of life and joy in this place this morning. Help us to be a people who love one another and uh, who reflect your heart, God. And just now as we open up your word, I thank you for this privilege. I thank you for this power, Lord God. As we open up your word, we know that it is powerful and living and active. Lord God, I thank you for uh, the ability that your word has to change and transform us to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable in a good way. And so, Lord, this morning, let us not be a people who are comfortable or just content to go through the motions. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who grab hold of your word, your promises, and grow and bear much fruit for your glory. And I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's jump straight into it. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, his divine power has granted to us all things, everyone say all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ." For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Wonderful passage. And I came across this week an anecdote, a humorous anecdote, of an old farmer who often described his Christian experience his life of faith, if you like, by saying, well, I'm not making much progress, but I'm established. Well, one time he was hauling some logs and his wagon, unfortunately, the wheels sank down to the axles in thick mud. And as he sat there viewing the dismal situation, a neighbor who had always felt uncomfortable and somewhat frustrated by the farmer's worn out testimony came by and he called out and he said, Brother Jones, I see you're not making much progress, but you must be content because you're well established in that mud there. It was a way of pointing out you're stuck, of course. Are you like that farmer this morning in your walk with the Lord? You know, we heard last week a wonderful message, and I encourage you to get the podcast when it's up from Andrew, this this exhortation, this encouragement, that this is a time to be awake, to be waking up, to be prepared and ready. 
for all that God has for us. We talked about alarms and snooze buttons, and it's not time to just keep pressing the snooze button. It's about to be waking up, to be alert to what God has. So are you ready as we, as we start this new year? And following on from the message last week, I, I um, believe it's so important for us to grab hold of that call to wake up and to be ready and to not just have it be a, a nice message to start the year that we hear and it doesn't bring about change. We're called to be not just hearers of the word but doers of the word. And so um, I want to encourage all of us to examine our hearts. I include myself in this this morning. What areas do I need to wake up in? What areas do I need to, to be ready or get ready in? Come before the Lord. Ask, ask him. Ask him to highlight certain things for each of us this year. Let's not have 2020 the same as every other year. Let's, let's not settle for less than what God has for us. Let's not live our lives on spiritual autopilot, not making much progress, but I'm well established. No, let's continue to make progress and move forward and grow in the things of the Lord this year. Who likes or who has New Year's resolutions? A few of us, a few shakings of the head, very vigorous shaking of head there by a few. That's great. Of course, there's many different things as we start the year that, that we intend or we aim to work towards or we have as goals personally for our physical well-being, health-wise, for our perhaps emotional well-being, spiritually, uh, financially, in our work, whatever it might be. And New Year's resolutions, um, I've heard it said that they're a to-do list for the worst first week or so of January, but... They're still good things to have, and I, I hope that, that we can continue to press on for those that have New Year's resolutions. But they're great. There's nothing wrong with them at all. But let me encourage us, in addition to the New Year's resolutions, how about as the people of God, we have a New Year's resolution or a resolution to be intentional this year, a resolution to be growing in our faith, a resolution to be growing in godliness, to be growing more and more into the likeness of Jesus. Imagine what our year would look like. Imagine what our lives would look like. Imagine what our marriages would look like, our families, our workplaces, our relationships, every aspect of our lives if we made that our goal and intentionally set our hearts to pursuing that, growing in our walks with God, being intentional about that. And the passage we read this morning, there's, there's encouragement in that along those lines, isn't there? It's a wonderful passage, and just before we get to the heart of what I want to particularly focus on this morning, there's just a few encouragements that I want to bring just to kind of set the scene this morning. First of all, His divine power is available to us and at work within us. That right there is a good reason to wake up and be ready, I think. What an amazing thing this is. His divine power has granted to us all things, all things. Let me encourage you this morning, whatever situation you may be in right now, whatever issue you might be facing, whatever trial or circumstance you're walking through, know this, that God is right there with you and in the midst of it, and that his power is available for you to give you all that you need in that situation or circumstance. If it's grace, if it's wisdom, if it's strength, if it's insight, if it's love, whatever it might be. His power has given us all things that we need for life and godliness. Not just to survive, you know, to just kind of drag our feet and get through, but to thrive. 
Jesus says in John 10, doesn't he, that I came that they might have life and life abundantly. So if it pertains to life, whatever aspect that is, his divine power has granted to us all the things that we will need. It may not always be easy, but his power is at work and will give us all that we need for life and godliness. I thought that might warrant a bit more excitement, but that's okay. We'll move on. He has called us. Another reason there to wake up and be ready. It says, through the knowledge of him who called us, he has called us to his own glory and excellence. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He knows our name. He has called us. He has given us his precious and very great promises, both for us in his word, right here, packed full of his promises, as well as the promises that he's given to us personally. Grab hold of them this morning. They're great because he's a great God, and they're precious because their value cannot be measured. Grab hold of his promises this morning, because he who promised is faithful. Another encouragement to set the scene this morning. He has enabled us to become partakers of the divine nature. We have the very life of God within us. Isn't that an amazing thought? He has, not only that, but he has cleansed us from our sins. Another reason to wake up, to make no provision for the flesh, for the defilement of sin any longer. And all of these things are wonderful. And we could almost leave it there. But where I want to spend the majority of our time this morning is focusing on being intentional, being an intentional people and exhorting us to grow this year, to get ready so that we can be ready, if you like. Does that sound okay? And in this passage that we've read today, we find an exhortation, we find our motivation, we find the application to our lives. And there's a phrase I want to spend some time just focusing on unpacking this morning. It's the exhortation for us today. And it's this, found in verse 5. Make every effort. Make every effort. Turn to someone and say, make every effort. With a smile on your face, with a happy, make every effort. Try and dress it up. I was trying to think of a way to dress it up, but it's making every effort perhaps is not A popular phrase, is it? Because it involves effort, (laughs) diligence. And unfortunately, we can hear this word effort and perhaps get the wrong idea or get our knickers in a knot. So please hear me what I'm saying uh, this morning, what I'm trying to convey. We We think effort. Well, hang on. What about grace? We shouldn't be striving. It's not about works. And yes, I understand that. I know it's by by grace that we've been saved through faith. But our effort, our diligence is a very biblical concept or quality. And perhaps the true essence or nature of it has been somewhat lost, unfortunately. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote about it often. He wrote about it often, about toiling and striving, about, um, you know, he wrote often in athletic terms, didn't he? You know, beating his body, making it his slave, pressing on towards the prize. You know, not just running aimlessly, but in a way to attain the prize training ourselves in godliness. We could go on and on. Peter wrote about it here and in other places as well. In our growth as followers of Jesus, the biblical pattern is not let go and let God. 
It's not God has done his bit and now it's all up to us. But rather, it's since God is powerfully at work in you, in us, we ourselves must make every effort to live out and work out our faith and our salvation. As I've been reflecting on this, uh, this exhortation this week, the making every effort, because I, I recognize that even a, a phrase like that can carry different connotations for people. But I came across this quote and I thought it was worth mentioning this morning. The supreme effort of man cooperating with the grace of God. Our effort, our diligence in living out our faith, in adding those wonderful qualities that we've read in greater measure, cooperating with the grace of God in our lives. And I think that echoes what Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. He writes, for this I toil and strive. We could say, for this I make every effort, perhaps, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. I think the essence of what Peter is saying in this passage is be intentional about growing. Be intentional about growing in character, in godliness, in the qualities that are going to bring life and fruitfulness that will glorify God. In John 15, it says that we're called to to bear much fruit for God's glory. It's like he's saying, this is serious, guys, and, and spiritual growth doesn't just happen of its own accord, by accident. Just like, perhaps, if a New Year's resolution of yours is to to maybe get fit or run a marathon this year. Well, it doesn't just happen. The strength to run 42.12 Ks doesn't just happen. As nice as it would be to just click our fingers and be like, yes, great, I'm going to run a marathon now. It doesn't happen like that, does it? It takes diligence. It takes making every effort to uh, get up, off the couch, to use the legs that God has given us, to kind of get them working, to um, start working the lungs that he's made us with, to breathe and to suck in the big ones, to make every effort so that we can then continue to grow and become fit enough to run a marathon. And in the same way, that's what it's like in our walks with the Lord, I believe. There's that diligence and cooperating with God's grace and the power that's at work within us so that we grow, so that we move forward, so that we can bear much fruit for his glory. I think it would be fair to say, and if you like me, if you like me, this will be true, that most of us love the idea of being ready, of being ready to go, of being ready and positioned for whatever it is God has for us. It's just that perhaps we don't like the idea of getting ready the process of making every effort. Do I have any friends here this morning? Okay, a few nods, good. I'll give you an example. On, uh, for my family, when we go away on holiday, one of the things that is the most difficult aspect of going on holiday is the process of getting ready. And my wonderful wife, uh, she's amazing, she is so organized, and I'm so thankful for her and her ability to pack and to plan and to, to be organized. She's the one who knows exactly what needs to be packed, the boys and now Esther's clothes that need to be packed, and the toys that need to come, and you know the towels and the swimmers and the medicine and the toothbrush and all that. I pack for myself, don't worry. 
I know what to bring. But my wife is wonderful at getting everything ready, of making every effort to ensure that when we go on holidays, we're able to have a good time. We're able to enjoy our time. There's a lot of work and effort that goes into that. And for me, my role in the whole going away and packing to go away is the wonderful Tetris that happens in the boot of the car, you know, in the car, fitting everything in perfectly. So I get the nod, and Steph says, yep, that stuff can go now. I'm like, great. And the challenge is to get everything packed and everything fitted in perfectly, you know, slam that boot down, like jumping on it, and we're good to go. But without the getting ready, the making every effort, the trip away, the time away, the holiday, wouldn't be as good or very good, would it? If we're just like, great, let's just go. Let's just go on holidays. Yeah, we'll chuck a few things in. Um, in fact, last week I uh, found out my packing abilities aren't quite as good as what I thought. We unfortunately had to take our little girl to hospital um, and Steph was in there and I said, oh, yep, I'll bring a few things. And I got there with a little bag and Steph said, oh, did you bring pajamas? Did you bring uh, this, this and this? And I was like, no, sorry, I forgot that. Anyway, moving on. She's the, the one who's good at that sort of thing. In the same way, in our walks with Jesus, there is a call upon us to be intentional, to be making every effort, to be diligent, because God gives us, his children, all that we need for life and godliness. But we, his children, must apply ourselves and be diligent to use that means of grace that he gives so it says, make every effort to supplement or to add to. And the Greek word literally means to lavishly furnish. It was used in the context of a, of a production, a chorus production in Greek culture, where there would be a citizen, someone who would generously provide all that was needed to enable that production to be a grand production, not just a mediocre one. It came at great expense and cost. And so this, this word to supplement or to add to is an exhortation to not be content with less than God's best, to not be settling or content with mediocre mediocrity, a mediocre walk with Jesus, but to lavishly furnish. That's why he says, make every effort to generously add to your faith, virtue, and so on and so on. So let me ask us this morning, and I include myself in this, are you making every effort to grow in godliness, to grow in faith, to become more and more like Jesus? Or are you content with doing just enough to get by? As we look at these list of qualities that Peter lays out here, and really we could spend a whole series on these qualities. So this morning I'm not really wanting to, to dive into them in too much detail just for the sake of time. I don't want to unpack them too much, but rather I want to bring an encouragement to all of us as we go from here, to not just hear the, the sermon and, oh, that's, that was good or wasn't so good, whatever, I don't know, but to, to hear it and go, yep, that's fine, but actually to go away, to grab hold of what the Lord is saying through his word and say, hey, Lord, I want to come before you and intentionally ask, you know, what things do you want me to grow in this year? What qualities do you want me to build into my life? By your grace, by the enabling power of your Holy Spirit. You know, it could be, um, could be virtue, excellence. The fulfillment of a thing is what this word literally means. 
that something is virtuous or excellent when it is doing what it is made to be doing. So for example, this word is used to describe a field, like a, a field that's producing crops that is excellent because it's doing what it's meant to do. A tool that is doing what it's meant to do is described with this word for virtue and ex- excellence translated as because it's doing what it's meant to be doing. For us as followers of Jesus, we are meant to be glorifying God with every aspect of our lives. And so when we're doing this, we're fulfilling our purpose in life, growing in virtue. Perhaps it's, Lord, this year I want to grow in knowledge. I want to grow in the ability to to take what I read in your word and apply it in life, to be obedient to your word and your ways. Maybe it's, Lord, uh, yeah, self-control is what I need to grow in this year. Would you help me, God? Would you help me to make every effort to grow in self-control? to say no to the things of the flesh, to to resist temptation steadfastly. My youngest son, Joel, a little while ago, we were, you know, as all kids do, it can be a little bit rough at times, hitting his older brother. And so we asked him, look, can you you need to be self-controlled? Can you show us what that looks like? And he just, all of a sudden, he was like, okay. And he just went, like this. (laughs) And I thought, that is the best Example of self-control I've ever seen. Sometimes it looks like literally this. No, I'm not going to. Lessons from a young child. Perhaps it's steadfastness. As you go away from here, you can see and you bring it before the Lord. Lord, I want to grow in steadfastness this year. I want to add that to my faith, my trust in you. When the storms of life come, to not be swayed or thrown off course, but to stand firm with my heart and eyes set upon you. Perhaps it's godliness. Perhaps it's honoring the Lord in every aspect of your life. Perhaps it's brotherly affection, loving people. Perhaps it's just love, seeking out the highest good of others, seeking to love sacrificially. Let me encourage you as you go from here to reflect on this passage and reflect on what the Lord might be saying. Where those areas of making every effort he is pointing out for you this morning. So that's the exhortation, make every effort. And I want to bring this morning the reminder of our motivation. This is the second thing, because I don't want it to be a message where you leave thinking, okay, I've just got to work harder. And if if you have this exhortation to make every effort, you want to know the why behind it, the motivation behind it. And it says this in verse 5, for this very reason. For this very reason. This is the motivation. It's like he's saying, because of all that I've just written about, because of all I touched on earlier, the divine power, his calling, his promises, etc. Perhaps it's better read, since his divine power has granted to us all things, since he's called us, since he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, because of all this, make every effort. So this morning, if you're in a place struggling with motivation, if you're stuck on spiritual autopilot, to use that term, if you're not growing in your faith, moving forward into more of what God has for you, let me encourage you with this motivation to look back and see all that God has done for us in Christ. To look back and and see 
Wow, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. To look back and see that he has, he's called us. Isn't that amazing? To look back and think and see that he has granted us his, his great and precious promises. That his life is residing inside of us. To look back and, and know that he has forgiven us and cleansed us from the corruption of sin. So in light of all this, because of all this, be intentional. Make every effort. Be diligent as you walk out your faith. Make every effort to add these qualities, to grow in these qualities in your life. For this very reason, because of what God has done for us in Christ, there's the motivation there to make every effort. As we remember the motivation and the exhortation, we can think of the application, what it looks like, and the benefits, I guess, to use that term. In verse 8, it says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing. If. Sometimes the smallest words hold great weight, don't they? It doesn't say when these qualities are yours and are increasing, although, of course, that will help us not be ineffective or unfruitful. Or because these qualities are yours, it says, if these qualities are yours. And I feel that it's almost like an invitation or a challenge for us. If these qualities are yours, this is what it will lead to. Who likes a challenge? Who, who's a person that you hear like a, well, if you can do that, or no, I don't think you can do that. And there's something that rises up within you that's like, no, I've got to, I'm going to prove you wrong. I remember when I was a lot younger, I was probably 10 or 11, and the, the cricket club that I was involved in at the time, the coach had put on this like holiday cricket clinic, which was fantastic as a 10, 11-year-old kid, just a whole day of doing cricket stuff. And uh, we were there, and he, after you know, most of the day, he's like, right, I'm going to go in. He's going to get patted up. He was going to go into bat in the nets. And he's like, look, if you can get me out... I will give you money. I will pay you some money, if you can. And so I thought, fantastic, that's a challenge. I'm going to accept that challenge. And look, to be honest, I don't think he thought that any of us were going to get him out. And uh, so, you know, we all had a go. And then, as uh, luck would have it, I got one through and knocked his stumps over. And he was like, he looked at me incredulously. He gave me the ball back and he said, well, well done. Bet you can't do it again. If you can, I'll double the money. I was like, oh, okay, great. So challenge accepted. So sure enough, it happened again. So I went home from that holiday cl clinic with a nice little windfall because I'd responded to the invitation and received the reward. I'd responded to the invitation and received the reward. And in the same way, it says, if these qualities are yours, if, if, it's like a challenge, an invitation for us to grab hold of this. It shows the reward and the application to our lives of faith. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, so not just like the plateau, but are increasing in our lives, again, this call and exhortation for growth and diligence, they keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ineffective and unproductive. Now, 
I believe most of us would be in the same boat here, that I don't think I've met any person who would say that they want to live an ineffective or unproductive life. Perhaps I've seen people living an ineffective or unproductive life, but that's another, perhaps another sermon. But very few people have that desire or aim or goal to live an ineffective or unproductive life, unfruitful life. So again, this exhortation, if these qualities are yours, it's going to snuff out the ineffectiveness and unproductive nature. And I believe this is so important. Make every effort because of all that God has done for us in Christ so that we can be effective and fruitful for his glory. And here's the key, the true importance for us. It says, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word for knowledge in the Greek, epignosis, means a fuller knowledge. It means knowledge gained through first-hand experience. It means a greater participation by the knower in the object known. So basically what it's, it's saying is a growing and more intimate knowledge of Jesus, not just a casual acquaintance, a seeking to know him more and more. It all comes back to Jesus, the making every effort, the diligence. It comes back to Jesus. It comes back to knowing Jesus so that we can know him more and so that our lives can bear much fruit and bring him much glory. That, my friends, is the significant of make, significance sorry, of making every effort. It's so we don't become idle in our knowledge of Jesus. It's so we don't become stagnant and retreating in our knowledge of him and in our lives of faith. But instead, we grow more and more like him and more and more acquainted with him. Isn't that worth the making every effort in 2020? So, are you making every effort to grow in 2020? To move forward? Are you being intentional about waking up and about getting ready for whatever it is that God has in store for you? I really pray that we would be a people who grab hold of Peter's exhortation to make every effort. I believe it's vital for us, so important for us. I pray we'd be a people who remember the motivation because of all that God has done for us in Christ. And I pray that we would be a people who grow in fruitfulness, who grow in effectiveness, and in our knowledge of Jesus, more and more acquainted with him. Perhaps I could get either the worship team or Ali, whatever, to come up. If you've got a song for us, great. If not, you can play over us. I just want to finish with, with this. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 9. It says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Perhaps we could say the frivolous things that are going to distract us or pull us away from Jesus. Put those things aside in 2020. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. 
The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive. Why? Because we have our hope set on the living God. For to this end we toil and strive. We make every effort because we have our hope set on the living God. Would you stand this morning? This morning, I, I want to give an opportunity to, to respond. Um, perhaps already the Lord's just been speaking to you or highlighting or pinpointing certain things in your life, things that he's like, this is a year for growing in this. This is a year that I want to deal with this. This is a year that my divine power is going to give you all that you need in that area. Perhaps he's already been putting things on his heart. Perhaps there's already things that you know. So I've been speaking, you're like, oh, yes, I need to, to get serious. I need to grow in this area. Well, really just the, the opportunity that for response this morning is if, if you, at the start of this year, you're just desiring, you have a deep desire to grow. You have a deep desire to grow in these qualities that we've read out this morning in your faith in godliness growing in your knowledge of Jesus growing closer to him becoming more acquainted with him this year if you have this desire to be intentional to make every effort in that relying upon his grace partnering with the power that's at work within you I just want to invite you to come and do business with God you might like to kneel here at the front if you want prayer for along those lines or for anything else in particular, uh, there's people here willing and available and ready to pray for you. So I'm going to pray. I think we're going to finish with a song. And just the invitation is to come and do business with God, to set your heart for this year, to be intentional this year. So Lord, thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you're so good to us. Thank you for your power that is at work within us, Lord. And Lord, at the start of this new year, I just pray that you would capture our hearts afresh. Lord, that um, we would not be content to just be doing same old, same old, stuck on spiritual autopilot. But Lord, as we kind of look ahead to 2020, that God, we would be a people who are intentional people who because of all you have done for us God would be diligent and seek to make every effort God to grow to move forward to bear much fruit for your glory Lord come and touch every heart this morning I pray may we not leave this place the same as we came in and where we need to do business with you where we need to just come afresh and recommit or refocus recalibrate our hearts would you just um, help us to do that now come and breathe life Holy Spirit Lord where, we're, where we are weary or discouraged even where we've 
we've thought we've made every effort and put in every effort and been diligent in the past to no avail God I pray that you would lift off any sense of disappointment or discouragement this morning that you would renew our strength you would renew our hope you would renew our resolve Lord God to live for you and to bring glory to you and I pray for just that fresh uh, touch from you Lord God that would enable us God to really just grow and bear fruit this year Lord for you We honor you, we love you, and we bless you, Lord. We thank you for your presence in this place, for all that you've been doing in our midst. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So as the song is sung out, sing along, or if you want to just come and do business with the Lord, I invite you to do that.